Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. How's it, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Command Zone c- podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai. I'm DJ. I stumbled a little there, DJ. I'm not used to being the first person speaking. It's usually Jimmy. DJ's here, filling in, helping us out. There's a lot of cards coming out. Strixhaven is a pretty big set. There's so much cool stuff to talk about. Yeah, there's tons. So we're, uh, we've got the Commander products. We've got the main sets. We've got all that stuff to talk about. So today, we are here with the... What's it called? Prismari Performance Precon Deck. And uh, we're going to do our budget upgrade series for this, which you know the drill by now. We do it every time. We're going to talk about the deck, the stats, the reprint value, and then we're going to suggest 10 cards to add and 10 to take out to get this thing up to speed and ready to tangle, tussle with quote-unquote real decks as soon as possible. But before we get into it, if you're going to upgrade the deck, there's one thing you need first. The deck... So you got to go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's the place to go to buy all your Strixhaven stuff. They got booster boxes. They got set boosters. They got collector boosters. They got commander precons. Time Spiral. I don't know about you, DJ, but I still don't have very much Time Spiral Remastered stuff. I I never have enough Time Spiral Remastered. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then there's... Modern Horizons 2, right on the horizon. There's there's all kinds of magic cards you want to get. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone is the place to go if you want to get that stuff the fastest and in the best condition. And then once you get your hands on those cards, you need to keep them in pristine condition. You want to use Ultra Pro products to protect all of your magic cards. They are the ones that we trust our own collections to. They make the Pro Gloss Eclipse sleeves, uh, which are their new sleeves that make it not only so that your cards stay in great condition, but also so that you can see the brilliance of the foiling and all the the really cool um, whatever bling you got in your deck. DJ, you're a big, big bling guy. Yes. I, and I want to be able to see it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. So Pro Gloss Eclipse sleeves are the way to go. Uh, put that stuff into a satin tower deck box. Play it on a nice Ultra Pro playmat. Really, they will keep your uh, game pieces in the best condition. And then finally... The other way to support all of our content, or another way to support all of our content, is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. You get all kinds of perks, like watching Extra Turns a day earlier than everybody else. In fact, Extra Turns just came out, so, well, the patrons got to watch it before everybody else did. Uh, although, at this point, everybody has had a chance to watch You've all watched it, right? I hope they've all watched it. They should have all watched it. 
After this, you can watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, of course, there's another perk, which is that we shout out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to Andrew Andrew Wallen. Andrew, you rock. Thanks, Andrew. Sure, we did not destroy your name just now. W-H-A-L-O-N. Wallen. Whalen? We tried. All right. Time for the main topic. Prismari Precon Budget Upgrade Guide. So the rules, as always, are 10 cards in, 10 cards out. Total budget of around 25 bucks, 30 bucks. We're not like super stringent. We don't say like, oh, you can't go a penny over or whatever, but we just want to keep it, you know, reasonable, right? Reasonable amount. People shouldn't have to spend a couple hundred dollars to upgrade their, you know, deck, you know? So we want to basically put in as much as we paid for the original pre-con. Just makes sense to, you know, really play with it and get a good idea for how it operates. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, there's this idea out there that you'd have to put in a ton of money before your deck's going to be able to stand up to real decks. And actually, I think you can get most pre-con, most pre-cons up to speed and at least have a chance in games with real decks for around the $25, $30 mark. So that's what we're trying to prove here. Uh, but before we get into what the cards are that we're going to add and what the budget and stuff is of that, we need to break down the deck so we can decide like why we're making the choices we're making. Um, and of course, everyone wants to talk about the new cards anyway. So let's talk about the new commanders that come in this deck. Yeah, let's talk about the oh boy there's controversy around this one oh you're right <laughs> what is the josh josh what's the name of this let's try to figure it out what's the name okay so the name at the top is zaphi thunder conductor two blue red for a one four human shaman it has magecraft what that means is whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell you scry one But if that spell's mana value is five or greater, you create a four, four blue and red elemental creature token. If that spell's mana value is 10 or greater, Zaphi Thunder Collector deals 10 damage to an opponent chosen at random. I'm sorry, what was that? So there's... (laughs) Okay, slight sidetrack here. A lot of people have noticed this and I don't think we should dwell on it, right? Because whatever, you could go all over the internet and hear people complaining. I don't know why they care that much. But yeah, it's a little bit weird because Zaphi Thunder Conductor is the name on the card, but within the rules text on the same card, it refers to itself as Zaphi Thunder Collector. Conductor Collector. Conductor makes way more sense for Prismari. I like Conductor better. It's a good, the art looks really cool on there too. I like that. So I'm sure they changed it to Conductor last minute is probably what happened and you know, the text, the rules text box didn't get the message, but let's not get sidetracked here. So what happens is anytime you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, you scry one, but if it's a five CMC spell, you get a four, four. And if it's 10 or more, you get the four, four also, but then you also get to deal, deal 10 damage to an opponent chosen at random, an opponent, not a creature or anything. Um, but if you cast big spells, you get a lot of extra value. I like that. Just bam, 10 damage. Boom. At random too, so it's like file smasher kinda, which I mean me that is really mana like. value ten is pretty Yeah, that's hard to do. It's first pretty hard of all, to do. There's not a lot of ten CMC instants and sorceries uh that exist. Yeah. Okay, so that's the face commander. This is the one that's on the box. But that doesn't always mean that's the one you're supposed to run when you rebuild the deck or upgrade the deck right away. Yeah, we want to explore all the commanders that have possible. And also, it's important for you to know the commanders if you're going to be interested in buying the stack. Yeah. So what is the other shiny foil in the, in the box? We have Veyran, Voice of Duality. All right. One blue-red for a 2-2 legendary Efret wizard. It also has Magecraft. And so whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, Veyran gets plus one plus one until end of turn. So kind of like a little it's plus like, one plus one. It's All right. like prowess, yeah. kind of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if 
if you casting a or copying an instant or sorcery spell causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability trigger, triggers an additional time. It's spell harmonicon. That's the real thing. Like getting this, getting this, pumping it up as you play a bunch of other spells, that's fine. But like, imagine the things that could trigger off of casting a spell. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, things like Talrand and other things we know, like when you cast an instant You can do 20 damage. Oh, yeah, Zaphi. <laughs> and also, Varan has Magecraft, so it actually gets plus two, plus two when you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, right? Ooh. Yeah, because it doesn't say other. So that seems very, very powerful. Also, a, a big thing we should say people are talking about with Magecraft is Storm mechanic, because yes. the Storm puts copies of spells on, on the stack, so that's another thing where you could just get a ton of copies, pump these things, get a lot of... Yeah, one thing that we do is we shortcut in our minds as commander players, and we think, you know, young pyromancer, casting an insert sorcery, you know, that in our heads. But Magecraft is fundamentally different that it triggers on copying as well. So we have to like change all of that stuff in our mind and realize that Magecraft is way more broken than the traditional spell slinger type thing. Yeah. Also, young pyromancer, good with Varan. You get two elemental creature tokens. We're just going to notice more and more <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that spell harmonicon is just is just very strong. Anything like pan harmonicon turns out is good. Death harmonicon also good. That yeah. Tesa. Yeah. All right, uh, there is actually a third commander in the deck that you could run, um, but it's an uncommon. Uh, I don't know what they just arbitrarily decide these rarities, right? Because they have the equal commonality because only one of them comes in the commander deck. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's Rutha, Mercurial Artist, one blue red. For a 1-4 Orc Shaman Legendary, you can pay two and return Rutha to its owner's hand. And then you copy target instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. So this is a fork on a creature. It's kind of an upside, kind of a downside that it bounces itself. You can replay it over and over again. Yeah, if you ever got infinite mana with Rutha out, I guess you'd need Vidalcan Orrery or something. But you could possibly like go kind of nuts with just copying something infinite times, which we know is pretty good with reiterate and things like that. So it's, it is a lot of mana though, five mana to do it. And then three mana to redeploy. It is, especially because we, we know that creatures can copy things in one-off attempts like dual caster mage for like three mana spells can do it for two mana. And so five mana does feel like a lot, huh? Yeah. But if you create infinite mana, uh, maybe good with storm also. Or just maybe value doing it over and over again. Yeah. Does that matter? Maybe. I don't know if it matters in this deck, but I bet you could pull that <laughs> stuff off, right? For sure. All right. And then there are two monocolored commanders. Okay. I've got uh, the red one right here. It's Riona Fire Dancer. Three red red for a 3-4 human wizard. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create X tokens that are copies of another target creature you control, Whoa. where X is one plus the number of instant and sorcery spells you've cast this turn. They gain haste, exile them at the beginning of your next of the next end step. So you always get one, but if you cast two or three little cantrips or something, you might get like three or four copies of... Yeah, anything. Any creature you control? That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, it could be ETB creatures. It could be creatures that are really good at attacking. Ugh. It could uh, be young pyromancers. Then you cast another instant sorcery. Oh, you man. You get like five or ten, you know. Ten's probably asking a lot. Elemental creature tokens, but yeah. But this is like a weird, like, you mentioned Storm earlier being yeah. good. Like, if you cast a couple spells and have this creature on the battlefield, then it can kind of storm create a bunch of creatures for value or for attacking or whatever. I, I like it. All right, and then there's a mono blue commander. Also, it's called Octavia Living Thesis. Eight blue blue, 10 mana for an 8-8 eight, eight legendary elemental octopus. But this spell costs eight less to cast if you have eight or more incident or sorcery cards in your graveyard. They like the, the number eight, clearly. 
Uh, it also has Ward 8. Now, Ward is a new ability, and it means that if you want to target this creature that has Ward, you have to pay an additional mana equal to the, the Ward amount. So in this case, Octavia, you would have to pay 8 extra mana if you want a spell that targets Octavia. Um, so you're probably not going to do that. And then Magecraft... Man, there's a lot of abilities on this card. And then Octavia has Magecraft, which is whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, target creature has base power and toughness 8-8 eight, eight until end of turn. So kind of, what is that, Gigantomancer? Yeah, upgrades your team. Yeah. Gigantomancer, exactly. Also, this card is good with Young Pyromancer. I think Young Pyromancer might just be a good card. <laughs> just, it just is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to synergize with a lot of things in this deck because... Very rarely are you going to have 8-8 eight, eight creatures. You might have 2-2s two or 4-4 right. four, four elementals. And so any spell upgrading your creature to being a huge attacker feels good. Although, what about casting it? What do you think, Josh? I, I, I don't think it's too hard to get 8 instances and or sorceries into your graveyard in most decks. Especially, it feels like all these decks want a lot of low CMC cantripy stuff. So that part's going to be easy if you build around Octavia or have it in a spell deck. Precons tend to not be as efficient at that, so it might be a little tougher to cast Octavia straight out of the precon, but maybe with our upgrades and stuff, it might be okay. Yeah. I mean, once you right. get it out, it's pretty great, though. Hard to kill and just starts turning your stuff into 8-8. <laughs> and awesome. also, like, remember, it can do that at instant speed, so it makes you impossible to block. Like, you swing in, you got mana open. What are they supposed to do? They have to assume anything they block will be turned into an 8-8. Yeah. So that, you know, threat of activation is pretty real. There. Or what they don't block. Right. Oh, I don't block those three oh, random captain, creatures? Yeah. Oh, 8-8-8-8-8. I eight, might eight, just eight. die. That's interesting. Oh, I like that. All right. Let's go into the next section, which we always do. Do you know what we're supposed to do here? Where we go, G-G-G-G-G. Stats. 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 All right. The stats of the deck. <laughs> there are 24 new cards in the deck. So these are not like the mini precons we've seen for the last few sets. These are full-on commander product. Lots of new cards like we've been used to. You know, there used to be one per year. Um, this, is, this is that, I guess. There are 57 reprints and 19 basic lands. Remember, that's not all the lands in the deck. Some of the lands in the deck are not basic, so that's mm -hmm. why. That's good. The disparity there. All right. This first number shocks me. DJ, how many ramp cards are in the deck? There are 15 ramp spells in the deck. Wow. Which is a lot. Now, one thing to note is that there are some spell ramp spells like ritual that type stuff yeah that mm -hmm. don't generate you value turn after turn after turn but instead you know play along with the spells matter and give you one big burst of mana which you know can count as ramp in some ways but you you can't go too far into that area or else you know you you don't have that staying power that you kind of want a deck to have but this does have a full complement of really strong artifact ramp 15 is pretty good makes you feel like it's going to be able to get up there and you know if we're playing zaphi you're going to want to cast it and then cast really big stuff We've noticed that you need a lot of mana to have yeah. this run, so I'm really glad that there are 15 sources. All right, card draw. There are 10 card draw cards in the deck, which is right, you know, about where we like it. We like usually 10 ramp, 10 card draw, so that's right in line with what we'd expect. Uh, board wipes, there's about three, which I think is good. Jimmy and I have been talking lately, and I don't know if you're the same, DJ, but I feel like over the last few years, we've started to cut down our board wipes slightly. We used to run like five or so in our decks, and we're running closer probably to like between three and four now and pushing that towards more single target removal. Have you been doing similar things? Um, it honestly depends on the deck for me. A lot of times I've very proactive. I'm doing my own thing decks. Yeah. And so sometimes a board wife fits in and sometimes it doesn't. So um, sometimes my more 
I'm going to do my thing decks. Don't have as many board wipes because my thing sometimes is on the battlefield. All right. And then single target removal. There are about six of those in the deck, which I'd say is slightly low, but still okay. You know, I would want more closer to eight maybe, but it's fine. Yeah. One thing to note that is that sometimes when we're talking about these categories is that sometimes the quality of yeah. draw spell or ramp spell or removal spell doesn't reach what we really like to have in our decks. Uh, and that has to be the case in this one too, where some of the removal spells are like, oh, I guess you can count that as a removal spell kind of thing. Yeah. And I think pre-cons are kind of like that where yeah. they don't necessarily always come with the best at, you know, reality shift at every slot or whatever it is. Um, but they still have stuff that will work and be usable. And that's where your power level kind of comes in, where it's like right out of the box, these things just aren't going to be a seven or an eight because it's not like their stats are way off, but they're not running the most powerful versions of everything, which is which is cool. It gives you some place to go and also kind of shows you, I think, that the difference is often not as much as you'd think between like, hey, you've got a version of you know, the best removal spell, but it just costs one more mana. That's often still okay. Yeah. But I got to say that the the artifact ramp that's in here and the card draw that's in here seems great. Is in, and the versions of them are really good, like dig through time and, you oh, know, yeah. the classic skull ring, arcane signet kind of stuff. That's great. All right. Let's talk about some of the particulars here. So, Varan wants you to have permanents that trigger when you cast or copy instants or sorceries. How many cards in the deck trigger when you cast an instant or sorcery? Six. So, because I think Varan is more powerful than Zaphi, but that's not very many. It feels like that means already that the deck is not geared towards Varan. It's not, and there can be some. They're they're good. The ones that are in here are definitely good, but honestly, it just there isn't enough there. Yeah, if there's not work. a high enough uh, amount, then your likelihood of getting any any of them onto the battlefield in a game is kind of low. And if you're not doing that, then you can't count on your commander actually doing its thing, then I don't think you really want to run that commander for that deck. Yeah, and some of them are pretty big too. Like, for example, some of them that I like are like Sunbird's Invocation and Swarm Intelligence. Uh, these are big enchantments that double your spells or have you cast free things off the top of your library. And they're, they're super fun commander cards. Love that they're in here. But it, it, it takes so much to get these on the battlefield. They're their own value engines. You don't, you don't really need them need to double, double them those. up. Yeah. What yeah. You, yeah. You want things that are a little bit more efficient that, that get the engine going rather than the engine card and making that just way more powerful. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, it's an instance in Sorcery's deck. So... What does MV mean here? Mana value. Oh, we've that's switched, interesting. We've okay. switched to mana value. Right. Script. I was. It should be CMC, <laughs> but like, I was like, there we go. Why on earth is it MV instead of CMC? <laughs> so if you didn't know, they've, yeah, they've re-templated. So it, they don't say converted mana cost anymore. They say mana value. I'm pretty sure they're doing that just because mana value is shorter. Yes. And converted mana cost takes up so much room in rules text that it probably like, constrains them. So, all right. So Zaphi cares about the mana value of the spells you cast. There's basically thresholds. If it's four or less, you just scry one. If it's five or more, you get you scry one and you get a uh, four, 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 four. And if it's 10 or more CMC on the instance or sorcery, then you scry one, get a four, four, and deal 10 damage at random to one of your opponents. Um, so how many instants and sorceries in the deck are mana value five or more? 21. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. A lot. Yeah. Um, like, do I even like that that's that high? That's a lot of five CMZ. Yes, it is. It is a lot of five CMZ or more spells. Like, yes, you're absolutely right. But that is kind of the, the cool sweet spot because scrying one 
is fine if you're casting like a one mana spell, but like you tack that onto a four mana spell and it's like, yeah, it's yeah. you just dismiss it. You know yeah. what I mean? You really want to create a four, four along with your five mana spell. If you're, if you're going to be going for yeah, it, because you know? a four, four is worth probably a couple of mana, a few yeah. mana. So that's like getting two or three mana worth of value um, out of it. And I think that's a strong indication that the deck is meant to be built around Zaphi straight out of the box with little changes. Veyran will require a more massive overhaul of the deck to make work. So out of curiosity, how many instants and sorceries in the deck are mana value 10 or more? Three. <laughs> <laughs> and two of them are X spells. Of course, they have to be. So yeah, that's not that's a hard. I mean, how many mana value ten or more instants and sorceries even exist in the history of Magic? There's not that many in blue. I think there's only like nine when I looked it up, and a bunch of them aren't even very good. Right. You know, but they're probably all very bad because they cost ten or more mana. You're yeah. never going to cast them. X spells seem the way to go with Zephi if you're building from scratch because now you can choose based on how much mana you have. Absolutely. Yeah. But then you run into some other things about this deck. We mentioned some, you know, copying, which is good, but Sunbird's Inv Invocation that cheats things into play, that cheats spells, doesn't work as well with X spells. Right. Know? So you have this this dynamic that's pulling mm. in, in two different directions when it comes to those X spells. And to clarify, that's not because Sunbird's uh, when it triggers off you casting the X spell, it's because if it hits an X spell when it's doing the, I'm going to call it the cascade thing, when it's doing its trigger, then the X spell it hits, it, yeah, you can cast it for free, but <laughs> yeah. it's not going to do much most of the time because X spells usually if the X is equal to zero doesn't, doesn't do anything. Speaking of that, is there ways in the deck to like not pay the mana cost on my instance and sorcery so that I can get around, you know, so I can cast more? Yes, Josh, there is. Almost as if <laughs> someone wrote it on an outline. There how, are <laughs> how many how many ways are there to cheat spells? There are nine different ways to cheat spells in the deck. And that's cool. I you think, know? yeah, that's what you want to do, right? You don't want to actually pay the C the actual mana value on the spells. You want to like get two or three. Now you're making multiple four fours. You know, 21 spells, five CMC or greater, like there's going to be some big spells in this deck. And so cheating those are going to be really good. And that might be one reason why there aren't so many X spells in the mm -hmm. deck, because cheating those X spells, like you mentioned, you know, with the, the trigger on Sunbird's Invocation, not the cast, is not that great. So there's stuff like Atali, um, Atali. Mind's Desire. Yes. Yeah. So those are some cool ones. There's, there's a number. And then... There's also a sub-theme of copying spells because don't forget, and like we mentioned earlier, Magecraft doesn't just care about you casting Innocence or Sorcery. It also triggers when you copy. So that's another way to sort of get triggers and around these things. And so how many ways are there to copy spells in the deck? DJ? There are seven ways to copy spells in the deck. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So there's Swarm Intelligence we already talked about. There's like Pyromancer's Goggles, uh, Dual Caster Mage, a few others. So... Okay, so that's kind of the overview of the strategy, and I think it's pretty clear here. We're going to talk later about which commander we should choose, but it seems like it's going to be Zaphi. Um, all right, but let's get into something a lot of people find interesting here before we get into the cards we're going to add and things like that, and that is the value of the deck, the reprint value. Everybody wants to know, okay, yeah, new cards are cool, they're exciting, but what do we get from before that's needed reprints? You know, what's the value? So, all right. I won't hold you in suspense any longer. The total reprint value. Remember, there are 57 reprints. And, oh, we always say this. The prices are from prior to the deck being revealed. Because we're recording this before the deck's been revealed. So we can't predict the prices once it's been revealed. But because we all do this every time, it's it's easy for us to this way compare reprints to past years. Um, so the total reprint value 
of this deck is about 71.19. Remember, that does not include any value coming from new cards that have never existed before. Um, seems a little low. And we've we've already done our lore hold sort of preview deck video, and yeah. that was over $100. Uh, well, that's a big disparity between the two decks. Um, if we break that down even further, we see that there is only one card that's over $5, and there's 12 cards over $2. So the one card that's over $5 is Pyromancer's Goggles, which at the time of the recording is about $10, $9.99. And then there's a bunch that are kind of between the two and four range. Uh, I guess I'll just read them. Narhu Meha, Dig Through Time, Blasphemous Act, Sunbird's Invocation, Soul Ring, Metallurgic Summonings, Ponder, Arcane Signet, Reliquary Tower, Diluvian Primordial, and Jaya Ballard. Sorry to the editors for making you put all those on screen, but people do want to know what the quote-unquote good reprints are those are the top so i like i like all of those cards that you listed i really do and i think that they go in a lot of different commander decks but i mean we are disappointed that there aren't that many there's only one card over five dollars right yeah that that seems unacceptable Uh, it seems like why why not just throw in one more ten dollar card it wouldn't it'd still be below the lore hold yeah one so yeah uh, i think it's fair to say that the the reprints and the value of the reprints in this particular deck are disappointing so that's too bad i think if you go after this deck you you go after it for the new cards that are printed here because they are interesting there's some powerful ones we're going to talk about but also even though it doesn't reach the same reprint level as all of some of the other decks, maybe where we just yep. are going off of lore hold right now. Uh, I think that if you do walk away with these $2 staples, you're going to feel okay about it because everything that you, that you read off, like I feel like dig through time, blasphemous acts, soul ring, metallurgic summonings, ponder arcane signet. There like, are cards I've put in decks and I have like, played I in put decks. in those yeah. decks right yeah. now. This is not like the $2 range They're right not here unusable is not cards, unusable yeah. cards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, let's talk about uh, the next section is who you should run as commander. And Josh buried the lead and already <laughs> sort of pointed out that because there are not very many ways to trigger Ver or to get value out of Varen's ability, Rutha is good, but I think a little less powerful as an uncommon. You need to be able to create infinite mana or something to really abuse it. And also, we, we know copying. Yeah. Like, we've done that kind of thing before. Like, we can see that. That's a really good point. I like the idea of like, oh, let's do the more interesting thing here. Yeah. And also the deck is just already kind of geared in this way because it has a lot of big instances and sorcery. So Zaphi is the one that we're going to move forward with building our deck around. So let's talk about what are the biggest, baddest instances and sorcery spells in the deck not besides ramp and card draw. Because if it was me, I, you know, I'd just name card draw spells. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. There are good card draw spells in here. So yeah. that's that's one thing. But a lot of times when you are you don't just want to draw all your cards. You want to be able to do some stuff too. And when you're for yourself, thinking, <laughs> so when you're thinking about spells that affect the board, right. you know what I mean? Like you're like, okay, well what spells are doing, doing things? Yeah. What does cool stuff? Yeah. And honestly we're lacking in that area. Oh really? We are. Yeah. Because there's a lot of good card draw. Great. You just keep drawing cards and stuff like that. Um, there's some board wipes. There's some mana production stuff in here, but when you're talking about things that affect the board, like these are the spells. Let's see. Let's take like Josh's, big, op- Josh's big, opinion about these spells. spells. Call the Skybreaker five and two hybrid. Is it or hybrid Prismari um, is a sorcery. You create a five, five blue and red elemental creature token with flying and it has retrace. That's not a good card because seven mana for a flying five, five is not good enough even if you can cast it again and again. And then the next one is Elemental Masterpiece, which is five, a blue, and a red for a sorcery. You create two four four red and blue and ele- elemental tokens, and then you can pay two hybrid 
Prismari mana and discard Elemental Masterpiece and then create a treasure token if you want to. So this is interesting design as far as like, hey, this is a big sorcery, but if it's stuck in your hand, then you could turn it into a treasure token. Two mana for a treasure token and a card is not something I ever want to do. So create two four fours for seven mana is also not great. There's a few cards in here that we don't like either end of the two modes. And this is, this is one of them. And so when you're thinking about the cards that impact the board, that put creatures onto it, that like that interact and things like that, like these are two of the ones that actually impact it and they're not great. Hmm. And so that might be one thing that we're thinking about in the back of our heads of finding more splashy big spells to sort of uh, move the deck forward. Another thing that we might want to think about is, well, do we need cards that affect the board if we are going all in on this commander? All we need to do is draw cards. As long as it costs 5MC. As long as it costs 5MC, because that's going to create the tokens itself. You can kind of think about it as like a big Talran deck. Oh, that is interesting. So Talran usually... Because uh, it creates two two flyers when you cast an instant or sorcery, tower decks are often built as sort of permission style decks um, where they're just going to sit back, counter stuff, slow down the opponents, and every time they they make one of those moves, they make a two two flyer, and they kind of will eventually kill you with those. Yeah, and so a tower deck is a very specific deck, like you described, and it can sometimes not be very fun. Yeah. Uh, but they can be pretty good. Yeah, it can be uh, strong. Yeah. But the and Talrand is in this deck. You know? Okay. So that means that you do have a little bit of that same strategy going on where you don't have to cast a bit, lot of big spells that affect the board. You just have to cast things and these uh, cards that are on the board will generate value like your commander, like Talrand. But you actually described exactly the way Talrand works best with permission, with uh, ways to protect Talrand. And this doesn't have those elements either. Well, also isn't doesn't fit into a shell of needs five CMC or more stuff to happen, right? Because yes. the, the, then... Like, you can't counter very many things if you're playing five-mana counterspells. So we're going to have to take a slightly different tax, but I like this idea that it's going to be similar to Talrand in some ways, where you're probably going to rely on your tokens to win, and, you know, you're going to try and find efficient ways or good ways to to hit the thresholds so that Zaphi triggers, right? Yeah. Well, I think also that you... Um you pointed out early on one of the most fun ways to interact with this commander, and that's copying things. Yeah. So like if you storm off with mind's desire or something like that, just imagine if you have your commander on the battlefield and every single copy of that storm is creating another four, four. If you have the red sort of Lieutenant, you know, legendary in here, and then it's creating even more four, fours to attack with. So it does have this really fun feel of storming off, in a very fair way because it's a pre-con and then creating a massive board out of nowhere just from casting spells. So I think that that is the fun way to take it and it is slightly supported. And I think that you have enough card draw and recursion and copying to be able to maintain that forward momentum to keep going. All right. That sounds like it's going to be fun before we go to our break here. And and then we start talking about the cards we're going to add do you want to talk really quickly about the current cards that come with the deck? Which ones do you think are the best for our strategy? Which ones are like key components? Absolutely. So uh, the first one I want to talk about is Storm Kiln Artist. Has Th- Storm right in there. so we I know, get- right? <laughs> uh, from And by the way, this is uh, in the main set of Strixhaven, and it's an uncommon. So this is not going to be some crazy card that's hard to get. Uh, three and a red for a two, two dwarf shaman storm kiln artist gets plus one plus O for each artifact you control, whatever Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, create a treasure token. Ooh, oh, ho, ho, ho. 
Whoa, that card's really good. It's really good. <laughs> we've we've seen Bergy uh, yep. th- do That's exactly really what good, I thought do of really good thing. stuff. Yeah, just creating Jeez. a red every time you cast a spell. But if that red goes away, these are treasure tokens. So you can save these up even over multiple turns. Or, and also, by the way, it triggers off of copying. So if you storm off, oh my you gosh, literally get a so treasure for each copy of storm you That's have. That's nuts. Also, if Varen's out, you get two treasure rather than one. Holy cow, that card's really good. This card is awesome. Yeah. I love it so much. Here, check out this Sphinx. It, it kind of makes this the CMC of your bigger spells like less in a way, yeah, absolutely. too. absolutely. Yeah. It, lets you, it lets you keep going, too. Yeah. Uh, another card that's in the deck is Dazzling Sphinx. Three blue blue for a flying four or five Sphinx. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, that player exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile an instant or sorcery card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then that player puts the exiled cards that weren't cast this way on the bottom of their library in a random order. So you're hoping to hit a big enough spell. Any spell is good because you get value. ramp spell? Yeah, that'd sure. be awesome. But you also know, a big spell for Zaphi would be sweet. It would be. Because you do cast it. Think about the kinds of, of instants and sorceries that you run in your yeah. decks. You run removal spells. You want run ramp spells. But every so often, you run sort of like big spells. Run you run expropriate. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, these are, these are cards the that are really <laughs> impactful that you can hit. Like, these exist in our format. And right. so I think that the floor on this is ramp spell. Wait, you okay. connect with someone, you ramp. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the ceiling is expropriate. Pretty good, too. Yeah. (laughs) It's a pretty fun card. Okay. Uh, I like this one. It's Surge to Victory. Four red red for a sorcery. Exile target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Creatures you control get plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is that card's mana value. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player this turn, copy the exiled card. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. Oh, wow. So it pumps your creatures, and then if they connect, then you start casting multiple copies of that thing. That's pretty sweet. It's so very, you can do this with the tokens from Zaphi too. Yeah, it's and if you very have, over the top. Yeah. yeah, and if you have tokens, you know you already put some 5 CMC or greater thing in your graveyard because you cast it, right? So that's pretty sweet. Even if you have like, let's say you have three or four yeah. drakes, you know what I mean? And you're doing a draw spell, an impulse or something like that. That actually pays for itself pretty nicely. And again, the top end of casting extra turns, like temporal mastery or like an extra turn spell, I can't do expropriate because it exiles itself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would know. I wasn't thinking like, oh, you should say expropriate. I was saying, oh, you're mean. Time stretch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, imagine time stretch is ten. That's oh, one of the ten man spells. Hit by with the way, one thing and you're good. Yeah. Plus ten plus zero, and every think... time you connect, you get to time stretch over and again. I don't understand why this example matters because you've already cast time stretch in the game. You've already won, probably. Actually, there's a lot of ways to put, oh, to to put instants and right. sorceries in this built into this deck because they uh, they want to be able to funnel things in there. Uh, finally, we have the card metallurgic summonings three blue blue for an enchantment whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell create an xx colorless construct artifact creature token where x is the spell's mana value uh and then three blue blue exile metallurgic summonings return all instant and sorcery cards from your graveyard your hand activate this only if you control six or more artifacts uh this is a redundant effect for your commander and for talrand uh cast spells get dudes Yep. And you can see how those all go really nicely together. And also, you know, with some of the combat enablers that we have in here, we can just kind of keep feeding off of that strategy. Well, and it does have that other mode where if you've created enough of them, you probably have enough artifacts to then activate it and it will draw you a bunch of cards uh, out of your graveyard. Basically. Plus all the treasure you've made, right? Yeah. Well, 
I don't know if you're going to have Storm Kiln Artist every game, but <laughs> if you're lucky enough to. All right, so some pretty cool cards do come in the deck that sound like a lot of fun. So at, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the 10 cards we would add to really beef this thing up and which 10 cards to remove so that you're getting kind of a dual thing going on where you're making it stronger but in two ways, taking out the weak stuff and adding in a bunch more strong stuff with our main strategy. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we're back. We're talking about the Prismari Performance Precon from Strixhaven. We're uh, building around Zaphi Thunder Conductor, used to be Thunder Collector, and we've gotten to the exciting part of our show where we are discussing the 10 cards that we would add to this deck. Our total budget is around $25, $30 for this exercise. DJ, you you were the one that carried out this budget upgrade, so take it away. Yeah. Uh, there are... There are a lot of cool ways to build this deck, yeah. you know, and so I've broken it down into a few different categories. And one thing that you can do is if you like these upgrades, go for it. But one thing is that if you see one of these categories that you like particularly well, you can kind of go deeper into this category because that's something that this deck can absorb. You know, we talked about how it pulled in a few different directions, like a lot of pre-cons do, yep. but that's one good thing is that you can focus in on the one area that you are excited by. Okay. Well, I think it's fun too, to hear what other people think are you know, the strong ways to go and why to kind of help guide you. So, all right. So the first thing is, is cheating big spells. Mm -hmm. So I think that one of the best commander ways to cheat a big spell was left out of this deck. And that's Mizzix's mastery three and a red for a sorcery exile target card. Uh, that's an instant or sorcery from your graveyard for each card exiled this way. Copy it. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost exile Mizzix's mastery. So again, pay for flashback, some an instant sorcery yeah. from your graveyard, but it has. You another. almost never see it used that way because the overload thing is so the overload nuts. is insane. It's five red, 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 so eight mana, and you just get to do this to all of your instants and sorceries. And by so the way, every single instant sorcery you have in your graveyard, you can cast a copy of it. Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> if you pull that off, you're going to get a lot of four force. But you probably just win off of whatever you're casting because you, casting seven or eight instants or sorceries is usually going to win you the game because it's Absolutely. usually like you know. 
25, 30 mana worth of stuff. Yeah, Mrs. Mastery, a real card. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then one thing that I know that I noticed in the deck in general is that there aren't a lot of really big spells that kind of have this flashy big feel to it. Mm. Um, and that was something uh, that I kind of pointed out. And so I wanted to go after one of the bigger, flashier, fun commander cards. And that's uh, Aminatu's Augury. Six blue blue for a sorcery. Exile the top eight cards of your library. You may put a land from among it onto the battlefield. Until end of turn for each non-land card type, you may cast a card of that type among the exiled cards without paying its mana cost. So you get to cast an instant, a sorcery, a creature, an artifact, an enchantment, a planeswalker, if you are so lucky to find one. So yeah, you usually get like a land, you know, and maybe like three Probably, or, you'll three get or four other things. Sorcery, artifact, creature, creature, yeah. you know, things like that. Um, it's a fun big spell. Yeah. You know, and, and you'll definitely get a four, four. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, what's the next category? Okay, the next category is Graveyard Support. Uh, this goes along with the Mizix's Mastery kind of plan and also some of the other ways to cheat uh, spells into play. Okay. Uh, search for his Kanta. Oh, yeah, very good. Uh, one in a blue for a legendary enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may put it into your graveyard. Then if you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, you may transform Search for his Kanta. And it transforms into as Kanta the Sunken Ruin. So this is Ramp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah, is. sure. Uh, but really, it taps for blue, but it also has an activated ability. Two and a blue, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a non creature, non land card from among them and put it in your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So in the late game, you oftentimes are activating Ascanta every single turn, yeah. drawing an extra card. It's card selection, too. It's not just like draw a card. You get to look at a number of cards and choose mm-hmm. a good one. So, yeah, and there's such a high density of instances and sorcerers, you're almost always going to hit something. Yeah. It's search for cans is so good. It's also card selection when it's on the enchantment side. Yeah. And we've already seen some cards that want you to put cards in your graveyard because they can use them there. So it's just working on all axes. Exactly. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. Another way to put some cards into the, into the bin is Frantic Search. A two and a blue for an instant. Draw two cards, then discard two cards. Untap up to three lands. This also goes into those those storm cards that we've said have worked mm-hmm. really well. Frantic Search is often used in those sort of storm decks. And so... Yeah, because it leaves you mana even. Mm-hmm. But and it turns through a couple of cards, and if you're getting triggers off of Zaphi, Talrand, you know, very metallurgic summoning, yeah, then you all know, of a sudden like that. you just you end up mana neutral. But that's good because your storm counts up one. You've gotten a couple of triggers, so yeah, yeah. And also, just as you're drawing a lot of cards, this deck has a lot of card drawn stuff. You might just end up with a glut of lands in your hand and be able to pitch a couple of them and get other cards can be good. For sure. I love Frantic Search a lot. Yeah. And upping the card the card draw in pre-cons is usually really good because sometimes you're going to have cards that are very um, specific that don't fit the situation of your table. And so being able to bin those and search for something else is pretty good. Um, then we have the next category, which is turning spells into damage. You know, we do that a little bit with creating some creatures, uh, but I want to do that a little bit more with a card called Docent of Perfection. Oh, yeah. Three blue blue for a five four insect horror. Uh, it has flying, and whenever you cast a, an instant or sorcery spell, put a 1-1 blue human wizard creature token onto the battlefield. Then if you control three or more wizards, transform Docent of Perfection into Final Iteration, <laughs> which is a 6-5 uh, flying Eldrazi insect, giving wizards you control plus 2 plus 1 and flying. And then whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you also get a 1-1 blue human wizard creature token so you still in the get battlefield. The, yeah, you still get the tokens when you cast instant or sorceries. Your tokens are just three, two flyers now. Yeah. So they're Delver of Secrets, uh, basically. And the deck already has a number of wizards, so you might not even need to make wizard tokens to make this happen because like uh riona is a wizard veyran is a wizard talran's a wizard so you might already happen to have a wizard or two out 
cast docent, cast one thing, flip it over, and it's very powerful once it gets flipped. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Um, then the other thing that we can do if we're casting a lot of instants and sorceries uh, is we can go a little bit deeper down that storm route. And so I've included a storm card that might win the game more reliably than some of the storm cards in here. Ooh. And that's uh, Ignite Memories. Uh, four and a red for a sorcery. Target player reveals a card at random from his or her hand. Ignite Memories deals damage to that player equal to that card's converted mana cost. But it has storm. Storm. <laughs> do you want to read storm? Yes. Storm says, when you play the spell, copy it for each spell played before it this turn. You may choose new targets for the copies. So if you've cast two or three spells, you cast Ignite Memories, and it makes four Ignite Memories. And all of those are copies. They trigger your Magecraft. Uh, yep. And so this will create four fours along the way. Uh, and You'll scry a bunch. Yeah. And uh, this... And it'll uh, deal a ton of damage to somebody probably. <laughs> could, deal, could deal a lot of damage. And so you just have to cast a few spells and this could have a really big impact on the board. Yeah. I like that a lot. Okay, and then one other way to turn spells into damage is Ral Storm's Conduit. Uh, two blue-red for a four-loyalty Planeswalker, Ral. Uh, it has a static ability whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell. Ral Storm Conduit deals one damage to target opponent or Planeswalker. Okay, so again, this is something that can feed into these storm counts. Yep. Um, weaponize a lot of these spells that you're turning through in your deck. Works good with Varen. Works really well with Varen. Because yeah. it's two damage. Yep. Yeah. Uh, plus two to scry one and then minus two when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn copy that spell you may choose new targets for the copies so we can see that it also goes well with some of these other copy themes going on uh copy something big or in all honesty copy something small like that frantic search to untap yeah you know to three untap. extra lands or yeah exactly like that. then it basically gives you three mana yeah and you know two more cards maybe that's pretty cool. I like Ral. I mean, Ral's very, very powerful in all these uh, Spells Matters decks, so not a huge surprise. Yeah. Um, then, all right, we got a few more cards to go. Yep. Yep. Then we have sort of uh, creating copies. So uh, we've noticed that storming or creating copies or getting more of these triggers uh, seems to be really good, so let's get more of them. Uh, Quark the Thumbless. This is a good one. <laughs> one in red for a 2-2 legendary goblin wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, flip a coin. If you lose the flip... Return that spell to its owner's hand. If you win the flip, copy that spell, and you may choose new targets for the copy. It also has partner. Yeah. Krug is so good with Magecraft because you're ha you're kind of happy either way the thing goes because you get your Magecraft trigger on cast, and then Krug, even if he sends the thing back to your hand, well, that could be good. I got my value off my Magecraft trigger, and if it's a small spell, I could cast it again, or I can cast it again later. But also, if it gets copied, well, I get two of the thing that I cast, and Zaphi triggers again because it triggers off copying. So Krug just, like, really, really great on either end, and never mind if Varen's out. Never mind if there's a storm spell yep. that returns to your hand, so and then you, you can it cast it again. Because you got all the more copies already. Triggers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Varen makes it nuts because now you trigger Kark twice yeah. and you could co either copy it twice or copy it once and bounce it, which is actually the best because you still get the effect of the thing and then can cast it again. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. I built a Varen deck for the next episode of Game Nights and that's what I'm playing and Kark's one of the best cards in that deck. Yeah. Did you have to make quite a few upgrades to, or changes? Yeah. To my my deck's deck? not based on the precon at all. I just took Varen and then built a new deck around it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in your experience, we went the right direction. Um, Varan just didn't have enough support in the deck. Yeah. I think there's only a few cards from the deck that made it, that would have made mm -hmm. it in. Yeah. 
cool. But yeah, Quark's, Quark is, Quark Quark's is so fun. Just really good in these in these uh, spell spells matters decks. If you what continue, yeah. If you spell slinger, spell slinger decks. If you yeah. continue to upgrade the deck and you like the way Quark plays, you can lower the CMC a little bit. Uh, it is a little bit. It works a little bit against itself that you cast Dominant to augury and you could just bounce it back to your hand and then you feel sad. But fifty percent of the time you cast it twice, which is nuts. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take that chance. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Um, all right, and then, oh, no, we got two more. We got two more. Another creating copies, a stolen identity. Oh, is this the Cypher one? It is. Do you know that Cypher casts this copy of the spell? Yes, it does. <laughs> Four blue blue for a sorcery. Uh, create a token that's a copy of target artifact or creature. Okay. Uh, then it has Cypher. You may, I'm going to read Cypher. You may exile this spell card encoded on a creature you control. Whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player, its controller may cast a copy of the encoded card without paying its mana cost. Boom. So you can copy something. Um, it's not a great rate for copying something, right? You know, right, right, right. But then if it mana. immediately swings and hits him, you copy exactly. again. And it's triggering Magecraft each time. Yes. And you're making tokens. And you're, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's that's what I like is that this engine of creating more more tokens and uh, being able to just keep triggering Magecraft over and over again and doing stuff like that. Oh, Cypher. That might be a keyword to look up as well. Yeah, there's a lot of other Cypher cards out there that might that are a little bit lower to the ground that might be able to you know work with... Uh, Maybe your Varen and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. A little bit better. But I like this because it's big, splashy commander effect. Uh, last one, we have... We had some budget left, I suppose, at the end. Is that what happened here? It's, it feels like you... It's like, oh, yeah, I still have... A, 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 I got about maybe six or seven bucks I can spend. Let's let's go with a really good card. Uh, Not yeah, that the other bit. cards aren't good. A bit. This one's just nuts. <laughs> Narset's Reversal is blue-blue for an instant. Copy target instant or sorcery spell, then return it to its owner's hand. You may choose new targets for the copy. So this is this interruption, this disruption that you're looking for, but the copy triggers. Yep. It's great. I love it. Oh, Narset's Reversal just, I mean, it's one of the better cards in the format now. It really is. Yeah. I, I think that um, it's a little bit of a nod to the fact that you you want to protect your commander. Yep. Like in Talran decks, you have a lot of things that protect your Talran, so you just keep getting Drake value, and you do need to protect your commander a little bit. It's going to not feel great when you play this on four and you're so excited to play a cool spell on turn five. You're like, I'm going to frantic search into something else, you know, get two four fours, really go off, and then someone just kills it, you know? So that level of protection isn't there in the pre-con, and Narset's Reversal is a little nod to that. Um, getting the really strong copies of this, like a uh, um, fierce guardianship mm -hmm. or uh, deflecting, deflecting swap SWAT is what I first looked up. It's very expensive. It's thirty seven ninety nine, yeah. and fierce guardianship even more. It's even more. Yeah, so yeah. you're not getting either of those for. There'd be <laughs> yeah. our entire budget and more. Uh, misdirection is a free counter spell that costs five CMC. It's two dollars. You know, so you can if you feel like you're getting targeted building this deck and you are always having your permanents that are getting you value over multiple turns being blown up, then those are some ways that you can take your deck as you sort of build it over time. Cause this is 10 cards that you can sub in. I'm about to talk about the 10 cards you sub out, but it's just the start. Like if yeah. you build this deck, you just keep doing it. And honestly, any spell can go in this deck and it'll be good. It'll be fun. Very cool. All right. Well, let's speaking of which we know we need to add 10 cards, but we can't play 110 card deck. So let's talk about the 10 cards we want to take out of the deck and why. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the first card that I want to take out is Humble Defector. Yeah, this card, 
they they seem to love it at R&D, but I, I almost never play it. It's just unreliable. It's hard to know what it's going to do. It's the card that it's a two-mana 2-1, two, and then you can tap it and draw two cards, but then you got to give it to one of your opponents. And then, of course, they get to tap it and draw two cards on their turn and then give it to an opponent. Why are we having a card draw spell in a Spells Matter deck that doesn't... It's a creature, it's a creature. and it's not reliable, like I said. like It could help your opponents more than you, because they don't have to give it back to you. They could give it to a different opponent, and that's... If there was a spell version of this card, I think I would have left it in, yeah. but it doesn't even synergize with any of these anyway, so... Seems I'm, like an odd choice. Yeah, yeah, it was an odd choice. Okay. Uh, the next one is Elementalist Palette. I like this a lot. Um, basically, it's a mana rock. It's a three mana mana rock, but it gives you extra mana when you're casting X spells, mm. which is really cool. But we wait, o- there was only like three X spells in the whole deck, right? Only two X spells in the deck. So what? <laughs> well, maybe they're telling you what you, you maybe should do when you upgrade it later. People that have Roshan or Zexara decks are going to be so excited for this card. They're but be it like, doesn't... yes, it's going to build my X matters deck. And, and you could keep it in this deck and it'd be really, really strong if you start adding more X spells. But, but then, then you gotta take out those other pieces that are cheating. Yeah, like, like take out the Mizix's Mastery of the Sunbirds and things like that that, that cheat stuff and instead go in the X route. And so this was a, it stinks to take out a Mana Rock, but it's a three Mana Mana Rock that isn't doing anything. All right, the next one is Traumatic Visions. Is this the counterspell? This is the five Mana counterspell? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's got it's got basic land cycling on it. And so... The next one is too, we should say Fiery yeah. Fall is the red version of this Um there's all these cards. Uh, I forget what set they're from, but there's one in each color and they have kind of a nominal effect, but they have this upside where you can basically land cycle them. Um, but it's, a, it's two mana to do the man cycle. Yeah. To the, do the land cycling, which is just a little too much. Yeah. Traumatic visions just never makes we the t- cut We for talked me. about yeah. cards that we don't want to play on either side. And we just don't want to play that. There is a, a theme in this deck for getting spells into your graveyard, you know, whether to cast them later or to pump up some of your other creatures or things like that. But if you don't want to play the spell, play a different spell and a counter spell is generally not a great card to play out of your graveyard because you're usually doing that proactively and not reactively yeah all right the next one is um naru meha master wizard which is one of the creatures that comes in and forks a spell when it comes in copies a spell uh which yeah, is this fine. Seems, yeah this seems like it'd be okay why, but why it's, you... it's four mana to do it yeah um and it's a creature that's a good point. Why not just play a fork on a spell so that you get both triggers? Yeah. Yeah. It also pumps your wizards, but there, and there are a couple of them in here, but your commander isn't a wizard. Your commander doesn't even wake wizards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just if you want to fork something, usually the less you pay for it, the better. I want to do it for two mana. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of cheap ways to do it for two mana. So there's no reason to play a four mana creature that does it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Living lore. (laughs) Do you want to explain what it does? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Four mana for a creature, and when it comes into play, you exile uh, an instant or sorcery from your graveyard. Then you have to, like, hit them with it. It's got, it doesn't have trample. It doesn't have evasion. You have to hit your opponent with it, and then you can cast that spell, but then your creature dies, too. It's just a bad card. It's just a bad card. It's just a bad card. You don't even need to have any other justification. It never does anything. That's, the, that's what you should know about living lore. And it, you exile, you yeah, exile I mean. a relevant You exile card. a card, and it never, you never cast that card. I'm sorry. It never, I've never seen it happen. So don't. Okay. The next one's Erratic Cyclops. Uh, this again, is a creature that pumps up as you cast instants and sorceries. 
Again, it's fine. It has trample. That's some sort of evasion. Um, but, but you're already, you want to make the tokens. You already are getting that off of your commander. You, you, you'd rather just have a five CMC and center sorcery, right? Yes. Yeah. That is what we're getting at is that yeah. you'd rather have a five CMC. Cause that comes with the creature and the effect of the incinder sorcery. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, all the other things in the deck synergize with it. You make a treasure, you it give adds to your storm, you know, it adds to your, your things, your creates a treasure and stuff like that. It copies, like it does a lot of different things, but then just a dumb creature that gets bigger. It's one of the payoffs for casting spells, but the payoff isn't great. It's just power. Yeah. I would rather have a payoff. That's like make more creatures or something exactly. like that. Like tower Yeah. All right. Um, and that's similar to the other one, Inferno Project. Uh, it's uh, new out of the set. Uh, it can just be a big dumb creature because it comes into play with a number of plus one plus one counters equal to the mana value of the instants and sorceries in your graveyard. Um, but it's super expensive to get on the battlefield. It just is very, very clunky. And a lot of times just a big dumb creature isn't good enough. Again, I'd rather just have an instant sorcery that's five CMC that comes with a four, four, right? And then, exactly. then I get whatever I got from casting the instant sorcery and like maybe drawing some cards or something. You notice a lot of these end up being like permanents that don't do as much stuff on here. You know? Yeah, you're, you're cutting mostly creatures. Makes sense because this is a spells, instants and sorceries matters deck. So mm -hmm. that makes sense to me. Uh, the next one is Charm Breaker Devils. Uh, Charm Breaker Devils, you get to return an instant or sorcery uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, but it's got a... It's at random or something, right? Yeah, the reason why I didn't like this is because uh, it takes a whole turn because it happens on your upkeep. So it takes a whole turn before you finally get the value of returning something to your hand. Um it is at random too, so it's you don't even know what you're gonna get. I mean, it's six mana. I'd just rather have an Archaeomancer or something. You get what you need, right? Yeah, you get it now, you know what you're getting, and you get it as soon as, you know, you don't have to wait and hope it doesn't die to get the thing. I've never liked Charmbreaker Devils. It's one of those cards that reads better than it actually plays and even spell slinger decks. It just tends not to be good enough. Yeah. And one thing that I kept in, it's not the most powerful devils, but I did keep in wildfire devils uh, because it comes down earlier. It's three and a red uh, for a four, two. Uh, and it has a similar effect, but this happens when it enters the battlefield too. So you instantly get the trigger uh, when wildfire devil, devil enters the battlefield at the beginning and at the beginning of your upkeep, choose a player at random. That player exiles an instant or sorcery card from their graveyard. Copy that card. You may cast that copy without paying its mana cost. So it cheats the cast as well. You cast it. Now, yeah. they get a little agency over it, but a lot of times they don't have a ton of choices, so they actually just have to. And if, they, if it's an instant or sorcery in their commander deck, it's probably going to be good. Again, worst case scenario, a ramp spell, take it. Yep. And if it targets you, you get to choose the yep. good card that you want and cast it for free. So... Um, I decided that Charmbreaker Devils was the one that ended up in the wildfire gets to stay. Only one devil in this deck. Sorry. I don't know. There might be more. Um, uh, and the last card we're going to cut here is Sly Instigator. Yeah. So Sly Instigator, it's a new card and I like it's it. It's from the Strixhaven main set? Yeah. Uh, no, it's from this, this commander oh, set. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they made it for this set, uh, but let me read it for you. Three and a blue for a two, four human wizard. Blue tap until your next turn target creature and opponent controls can't be blocked goad that creature oh goad and unblockable yeah i mean that, that's a cool effect right i like goad a lot it doesn't have anything to do with anything <laughs> nothing else to do with this deck at all <laughs> well that's cool i like that they do that though they design some cards like because they if they come up with a cool design i want i don't want them to be like well we only have a spell slinger deck and uh this design's really cool but i don't want to put it in there because it doesn't have to do with the main theme of that pre-con it's cool that they're like whatever a two or three cards in the deck that just kind of it'll do something but it doesn't actually super i'm synergize. excited about yeah. this i want to i might even try it out in braids where i you get an eldrazi and i'm like unblockable go. go not me though <laughs> 
<laughs> Seems like it goes in like a Pramicon deck or something yeah, too. That kind of thing. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right. So those are the ten cards we would take out. The ten cards we would add. We will have that list in the show notes for this budget precon upgrade. In fact, we'll always do that for the budget precon upgrades, just so you can see. Uh, just a text list of what we would suggest. Um, let's talk before we go here really quick about how this deck kind of plays when, when you're playing it. And maybe that'll help inform people when they're kind of cracking it open for the first time, how they should go about playing the game. Absolutely. So the beginning of the terms, you're definitely developing your mana. It's what we do in a lot of different commander games. But you mana ramp cards. Yeah, so you but you it. especially need it in this deck because this deck is very mana hungry. Right. Want and to cost, cast five mana value things. Absolutely. And sometimes you want to be able to cast a lot of spells together, mm. you know, and it can sometimes be better to cast two or three spells and then a storm spell or two or three spells after you you've set just up for, got your stuff out. You know what I mean? So you're setting up for some specific sequence because that's actually going to be more advantageous than just individually casting those things over a couple turns exactly so sometimes you want to sandbag your spells and play out the 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 effects that you get so you might wait a little bit get a swarm intelligence sunbirds invocation get a towel rand out get your commander out and then you can kind of unload a bunch of spells I mean, that all sounds great. If you could get those things to all stick on the board at once, I mean, you're going to win. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so so you did hit on a little bit of a point where there are some, some delicate things here that uh, this is a little bit of a glass cannon uh, because sometimes you do need something on the battlefield to be able to give you that value as you cast a bunch of spells. Uh, but if you get it there... It's really fun to be able to just storm off and then make four fours along the way, you know, to be able to storm off and have, you know, your creature create even more creatures for attacking or turn them all into eight eights, you know, or cool. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, those four fours? No, they're eight eights now. Yes, they're eight eights <laughs> now. Uh, so that's the way this deck is going to be a play, is you're going to grind it out and get that card advantage, get that ramp going on, and then you're going to have sort of these big, over-the-top, hopefully very fun and impactful plays. Very, very cool. Sounds explosive, as you would expect Prismari to be. All right, to the listeners, what do you think of the Prismari performance pre-con deck? Are there any cards that we missed? Any cards you think are must-includes in this deck uh, that we didn't list as cards to add? Or any cards you think are just horrible in the deck and we definitely should take it out that we didn't put on there? Definitely want to hear from everybody in the comments on Twitter. Uh, we love everybody who's given that advice and helping any new players out that might stumble onto these episodes. All right, before we go, remember, if you want to get these pre-con decks, if you want to get the Strixhaven main set, if you want to order Time Spotter Remastered, Kaldheim Modern Horizons 2 is coming along. If you want to get magic cards, we know you're going to do that. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone is the place to go to order, order all that stuff because you're going to get the magic cards you need that you're going to buy anyway, but you will simultaneously be supporting this podcast. You'll be supporting extra turns, game nights, all of our content. We really appreciate everybody that does that. And then once you get the cards in hand, you've got to protect them. you got to make sure that they don't get banged up. And the best way to do that is with Ultra Pro products. They really do make the best stuff to protect all of your game pieces. They are the company that we trust our own personal collections to, to make sure that our cards stay in pristine condition. You want to put all your decks into Mythic Collection deck boxes. Have you seen these? They're really classy. Actually, it's Ooh. right. Yeah, it's right behind you there. It's got the stitching. You see that? Yeah, so Ooh, they like have, that. yeah. Ultra really has like really classy stuff. It's not like, like over designed or anything. Right yeah, exactly. So you can see this box right here and it can hold a couple of decks and some dice. It's really sturdy too, really firm. And it's actually like the magnets are really strong too. So are you going to put your commander deck in here and then like shake it like the professor? I mean, I have one and I've done that actually, <laughs> uh, just for fun and it will hold. So yeah, ultra pro stuff. Really, really good. Um, all right, let's go to the end step. Oh, 
these are our bonus episodes. We do not have enough cool stuff going on in our life to uh, do incepts for all the bonus episodes. We got a ton of content coming out. This is how all much the pre-con decks, all the set reviews for the main set for Commander product. So no instep on this episode. We're going to have to skip a few of those just to get through all of this. But we're not going to skip shouting out all of our editing, graphics, and logistics team, which is Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Alfred Staka, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Sam Waldo, Patrick Nan, Arthur Meadowcroft, and Jordan Pridgen. There's a few names we forgot here, but uh, but I remembered that. I remember oh, them, so don't job. worry. Yeah. Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer also for the leaving card animations that begin our show and often sit behind us on set. I believe Jeffrey did do this one as well. Uh, you can find him on living uh, on Twitter at Living Cards MTG. Whew. All right, everybody, don't go anywhere because we got a lot of pre-con upgrade guides. We got a lot of set reviews. We're gonna be talking Strixhaven for a number of weeks here. We got a lot of bonus videos planned. DJ. Yeah, we're going to hang out a lot, trust me. Yeah, DJ, also, please don't go anywhere. We need your help. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thanks for doing this upgrade video, and we will see everybody out there very soon. Bye, everyone. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>